the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, everybody. Ron Geyer back with more End Time Insights. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We love the Lord. We love doing this. We love his word. His word have I hid in my heart that I would not sin against thee. The Bible says God's word, the entrance of God's word giveth light, and so shall his word be that goes forth in the earth that shall not return void. The Bible says God watches over his word to perform it. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Father. You know, the Bible never says that God watches over you. The Bible says God's given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, to bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. But the Bible does say God watches over his word. So what we do is we kind of come in the back door and we put his word inside us because we know that God watches over his word. Therefore, he must watch over me because his word have I deposited in my heart. Hallelujah. Hopefully you follow that. We're talking about Matthew verse uh, chapter 24. We're up to verses 11 and 12 today. And Matthew 24, that's a prophetic chapter where Jesus is answering the disciples' questions. Actually, there were four disciples that actually followed him up the mountain, Peter and Andrew, James and John. And they were asking Jesus, okay, Jesus, we got it. You're going to destroy the temple. They got it. But when are you coming back and what's going to be the signs of your coming? And so Jesus in verse 4 decides to give them what they need. Doesn't really answer their question at this point, but he's letting them know, look, you got to watch out. You got to be eyes open. You've got to be alert. You've got to be watchful. Why? Because there would be many false messiahs, many false uh, people claiming that they were Jesus Christ. He goes, they're going to come and they're going to trick you. And matter of fact, they were so prominent in Jesus's day that uh, Josephus writes that Pilate was actually killing one per day who claimed to be Jesus Christ during the time of Jesus building the church after he died. It's just an amazing time. People were, it's like the popular thing to do, uh, go ahead and claim to be Christ. They would try to do miracles. Satan would honor some of them. That would happen. And they brought in all sorts of strange doctrine and false prophets, which is why when we get to verse 11 today, Jesus warns them again. You know, Jesus is constantly warning his church. He's constantly warning the Jews about the tribulation because it's going to be a time of judgment. And we need to get our heads wrapped around that thought. So verse 11, Matthew 24, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Here we are back to the false prophets again. You know, they're throughout the Bible. They're in Jeremiah. They're in Isaiah. They're in Ezekiel. They're in the New Testament. They're in Jude, they're in Peter, uh, Matthew, Jesus talks about them. So back to the false prophets. It seems they're ever with us, and they are. Now that the truth is here, then the counterfeit always comes in. Well, now they are operating without the restraint in Matthew 24 
in the Holy Spirit because the church is gone, the Holy Spirit's gone during the tribulation, and nothing new there. The Jews had false prophets. They had false priests. The church will have false prophets, will have false teachers, false pastors, false leaders, false doctrines, and there will be false prophets and priests during the tribulation as well. But as this relates to us, we need to understand that Jesus is also talking to us now. Remember, we made the point that the the stuff that's going to be going on in the tribulation period, the plagues, the uh, famines, the wars, the rumors of wars, the false prophets, all of that is even going on now. And that was a sign that the birth pangs had begun. So we are in the time now, the last of the last days, according to Second Timothy verse 3, perilous times. We are in that time now, and those times will continue to go forward. Mankind will continue to degenerate back into a pagan culture. It only gets worse and worse as we get closer to the return of Christ. Remember, you don't want to be here when Jesus Christ comes back. Right, The church, we will be removed before the tribulation starts. People will be getting saved during the tribulation. There's a good chance they will be killed for their faith. And then you've got the Jews. The 144,000 will be ministering salvation to the Jews. So you'll have a multitude of Jews getting saved. And once again, at the return of Christ, the only people that are going to be left, there'll be some who have missed, don't forget the 144,000, they get raptured up into heaven at some point during the tribulation. Most of the people that get saved during the tribulation, they lose their lives. So there's not going to be too many people that love the Lord left on the earth when he comes back. It's going to be full of pagan people who are just just anti-God in every form. It's going to be a terrible time. Remember, when Jesus Christ comes back, just about the entire world of nations is surrounding Jerusalem in an attempt to destroy it. Jesus comes back and he deals with that. So you don't want to be here. Now is the time to punch your ticket for heaven. It's only fitting that the Jews who killed the real prophets of God, the Jews, they would be ensnared by the false prophets, which is why Jesus warns them about this time. Right before I come back, there's going to be false prophets and they're going to deceive many. So the Jews, they killed the Old Testament prophets. They even killed Jesus and even given them grace. They thought Jesus was a prophet at best. Well, they killed him too. So the Jews were constantly killing prophets. It's only fitting that they would be ensnared by the false prophets. Likewise, it's also fitting that the Jews who killed the true Messiah would also be ensnared by the false messiahs. So time here is running out for those who still are alive. Remember, the questions by the disciples were what and when. Jesus gave an in-depth, detailed account about the what, describing what that environment would look like upon his return. It's a deadly scenario backed up by many verses in Daniel and the book of Revelation. Let me remind everyone, though, uh, we have the counterfeit religious people of the false church speaking lies in the name of Jesus. They will be here during the tribulation. They will miss the rapture. We have them today, however. They're loose and they're unattached everywhere, right? They could be in a false religion of Catholicism. They could be Jehovah's Witnesses. I mean, they could be any one of a group of people that have made their own doctrine and rejected the true Messiah. Well, that's going to change under the tribulation period because Satan's Antichrist is going to bind them all together into a one-world religion. And so that will be happening. Remember, the church and the Holy Spirit in the church, the power in the church, the restraining power of the Holy Church is removed. And so you've just got evil running rampant with no governor on it. 
Those who name the name of Christ but were left behind at the rapture will be among the crowd that haven't repented, and they'll have to go through this tribulation also. So Jesus is talking to them also, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. It's pretty simple that if they were deceived by false doctrines and they were left behind and they missed the rapture, that they're going to be deceived by these false prophets. I mean, deception wears a wide range of faces. We're going to talk about uh, the enemy, the angel of light, devil. He imitates an angel of light, and that's where most of our false doctrines come from. First John 2.18, little children... It is the last time, John writes, and as you have heard that the Antichrist shall come, even now, this is today, church, we're not in the tribulation, I'm bringing us back in today because the the verse that talks about beware of the false prophets because they're going to deceive many, that also applies to us today. John writes, little children, it's the last time, and you have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now, there are many Antichrists in the earth, whereby we know that this is the last days, the last time. That's one of the signs that the Lord's return is imminent. John wrote this before the turn of the century back then after Jesus was resurrected. He wrote many antichrists. You know, it's amazing that the church is less than a century old at the time of this writing, and John could identify many antichrists on the scene, presumably infiltrating the ranks of the true body of Christ even back then. The prince of the power of the air knew what was at stake in this spiritual war for souls, and so he sought to gain an advantage by quickly dispatching his evil henchmen to sow doubt and confusion in the body of Christ about the true nature of Jesus Christ. The false prophets, which both Jesus and Peter warned the church about, would do great damage. We need to look no further than what happened And it's still happening to the church and how the false prophets have misled the church. And we've got a wonderful example about that concerning President Trump. You know, it's just a short step away from believing in the one true Jesus to going to believing in another Jesus. The spirit of Antichrist, John writes, he's a master of deception. He's here now. It's always designed to remove the reality of the true Jesus from one's life. And he just doesn't remove the reality of Christ creating a void in one's life. He replaces it with something, a believable, counterfeit type of Christ that's usually less demanding, more comfortable to wear, to abide in. It's easier to walk in the false Christ than it is to walk in the true Christ. And don't think that that danger is far removed from us here in 2023, living in our churches, our woke churches, our powerless churches, our carnal, compromising, cowardly churches. We've got to do something about that, saints. The threat is sitting right there in our own pulpits, and people are being taken to hell every single day by false prophets and the spirit of Antichrist. Here, 2 Corinthians 11, verses 14 and 15. And no marvel, writes Paul, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Paul is telling us that it's no big deal for Satan to counterfeit himself. It's no big deal to Satan get his people to represent righteousness in the church, in the pulpits. You know, it's no big deal, he says. It's not any masterful trick. It's not any great illusion. Truth is, it's actually a matter of course for such satanic behavior to be represented as righteousness in our pulpits. It's no big thing to assume the identity of man in order for Satan to do his bidding. He does it all the time. He himself does it. Therefore, it's a small thing for his followers to do the same. Can you see how dangerous that is in a church setting? 
I cannot overstate the deception and the danger that stands in our pulpits today. People say that I'm negative. They say that, matter of fact, the other day somebody took me aside and said, Ron, you need to go easy on the church. (laughs) I am merely repeating the words of Paul and Jude and Peter and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Isaiah and, yes, even Jesus. Unfortunately, many, many, most people don't have either the ears or the heart to listen to such dire warnings. They think such harsh, negative talk has no place in Christ's virgin bride, air quotes, the church is not the bride, we are the body. Well, these people are wrong on several counts. Matthew seven fifteen, beware of false prophets. Jesus says it in Matthew 24 in the Olivet Discourse, and here he says it again in Matthew seven fifteen. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. That, what does that mean? It means they look like you. These false prophets, they dress like you, they look like you on the outside, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You hear that? Jesus is saying this. Beware of false prophets which come to you dressed just like you, wearing the so-called robe of righteousness, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Here Jesus says that the pure virgin, air quotes, bride, once again, is being ravaged by wolves. You know, you You can't ignore this stuff, folks. Spurgeon, I love Charles Spurgeon. Spurgeon comments on Matthew 7, 15. In reading this chapter, one is led to feel that it is not, after all, an easy thing to be a sincere Christian. The way is hard. The road is narrow. Whoever may represent the way to heaven as being easy, our Savior does not so speak of it that way. Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. Many are called, and few are chosen. The difficulty of being right is increased by the fact that there are men in the world whose sole trade it is is to make counterfeits. There were and there are many false prophets. Our Savior has spoken about them in this chapter and given us a way of testing them. But they are carrying on their trade still as successfully as ever. Remember, folks, many are being taken. Uh, picking back up to uh, Spurgeon. Now, since there are traders abroad whose business it is to deceive, we ought to be doubly vigilant and constantly upon our watchtower lest we be misled by them. I charge you, right, Spurgeon, examine every statement you hear from Christian pulpits and platforms. I cannot repeat how important that is. Examine every statement you hear from Christian pulpits and platforms. Spurgeon writes, I charge you, sift and try every religious book by the great standard of the Word of God. Believe none of us if we speak contrary to the Word of God. Yea, believe not an angel from heaven if he preach any other gospel than that which is contained in inspired Scripture. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this Word, it is because there is no truth in them. God, grant us grace to escape from false prophets. This is serious business, saints. Unless you are specifically, he's done, this is me now. Unless you specifically are saturated in God's word, friends, you stand a good chance of falling. False teachers and prophets don't announce themselves as false. False doctrines don't reveal themselves as false. Satan's lies and his presence are hidden in the very goodness of man. His sermons are good sermons. His appeal is attractive. His servants appeal to your flesh. His words make sense. They seem right. Proverbs 16.25, there is a way which seems right to a person, but its end is the ways of death. Remember, the scriptures that Spurgeon was quoting us, where straight is the gate and narrow is the way, 
and few there be that find it. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Many are called, but few are chosen. It's a battle. You know, the Bible says strive to enter in at the narrow gate. Strive, the Greek word there is agonizmo, agonizmo, and we get our English word what? Agonize. The effort that it takes to enter into the narrow gate is to be an agonizing effort. It's stressful. It puts great pressure on you. It puts great demands on you. It's a job, folks. It's a daily watchfulness. It's a daily uh, sacrifice. It's a daily suffering to be made into the image of Christ Jesus. There is a way which seems right to a person, but it's the end of the way of death. These folks don't announce themselves as evil saints. The false prophets, the false teachers, the false messiahs, they don't get up there and tell you that they're evil. They appear as good people. They don't tempt you with sin. They tempt you with goodness. It's amazing. They appeal to man's righteousness. They even will use scriptures to do it. And they promise you endless promises. Their prophecies promise you that our nation is going to return to righteousness if if we will just elect President Trump. They promise you deliverance from evil government, a return to law and order. President Trump back in power, leading America's great last revival. And they use the Bible to deceive you. Promises, prophecies that say God wants you rich, that say God gives you power, that your salvation is secure. Sin can't damage you. God hates the sin, but not you. No, let me tell you something, folks. Sin doesn't go to hell. The sinner goes to hell. You need to get that straight. God loves you unconditionally. How about get in touch with the female side of God, the feminine side of God? Where does this stuff come from? I'm telling you. Well, the Bible tells you they come from Satan. All of these promises, though, they have an element of truth to them. But they are designed by Satan's ministers to bring you to the place where you reject the truth and its absolutes. Eventually, like the people who follow these false messiahs, you come to the place of accepting another version of Jesus. It happens every day, my friends. And don't say never. It's happening even in your church, even in our pulpits. We are conforming to a society version of God. The new God of America happens to be self. I'm sure you've heard about it. You've noticed it. You go on Facebook, selfies, anyone? We are in love with ourselves. I don't know why. We're an evil, wicked people. Ed Young, pastor of one of our larger churches here in Houston, says that 90% of the churches no longer are submitting to the spiritual leadership or the authority of God's Holy Ghost, but we are conforming to the policies and the doctrines of prideful, sinful man. Less than 10% of churches teach a biblical worldview. These false prophets, they've prophesied lies that promise Americans all sorts of carnal victories. The church, like Israel, we're looking for a political deliverer, and we wind up worshiping a man, someone like President Trump, instead of trusting in God. False prophets say that President Trump, he is a Cyrus, or he's like Cyrus, or he will walk in the same anointing as Cyrus. He will be used by God to deliver America from the clutches of evil Democrats and even restore us to righteousness. No, that power, that mandate belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can do it. Jesus, only Jesus. The Trump-dazed church is just one small step away from idol worship. Prophets no longer spoke for God about sin. The prophets that were prophesying about Trump, that he would be reelected, that he's God's man for the hour. Psalm 108, verse 12. Give us help against the enemy, O Lord, for deliverance by man is worthless. And I've been telling this people all the time. I love President Trump. He's a great man. I've got him, like, in probably my personal presidential rankings. I've got him number four. I've got Washington, then I've got Lincoln, and then I've got uh, Truman. 
And then I've got President Trump. Great presidents, all. Used by God, all. And yet he is not the deliverer for our nation from evil political leadership. That's what the Jews were after. And the Jews had a carnal vision, which is why they didn't recognize their spiritual Messiah. Jesus wasn't going to deliver them from the rule of the Egyptians or the Romans. Jesus was called to deliver the Jews from their sin. That's just more evidence of our carnality, and it reveals how close we truly are to falling for another counterfeit Messiah. One comes around every five years or so. Verse 12, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The default position of mankind created in the image of God was supposed to be love. God is love. But because of sin, that default position has changed. Revelation chapters 6 through 19, they actually describe lawlessness in detail. It's like 14 chapters. If you read those chapters, you will see what a nation ruled by lawlessness or a nation without laws looks like. It finally culminates in the false Messiah, the Antichrist, seating himself on the throne of Jesus. Tony Garland writes, love grown cold due to a marked global increase in lawlessness. This is not a continual trend throughout church history. Love grown cold on an international scale is a specific characteristic of the end times. So now we are here and through the Holy Spirit, we are restraining evil. The church is doing that. This is where we are with the church here. This is where we are with the church and the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through the church. We are restraining evil and yet look how bad we are. Before I came here, I stopped at my home. My wife was watching uh, Fox, and she had, what's it called, Outnumbered on. It's like where four or five ladies sit around, and they, they get a guy in the middle, and they talk about current events. And there was a trailer running underneath the screen, and it talked about the fact that the White House is now making an all-out effort for the promotion of the transgender agenda. And I go, my goodness. And I says to Diane, my wife, I says, Diane, I'll tell you, who gave the transgender people, who gave the LGQBS, TRBS, whoever, who gave them such a voice in our nation? And no sooner did I get the words out when the Lord ministered to me, you did. The silent church has done that. We have been silent. Our silence is deafening. We have refused to call out sin. There is a direct correlation between lawlessness increasing and love decreasing. Obedience to the law is what holds any society together. It holds it in check. Once that breaks down or once that ends or is ignored or dismissed, the destruction of the society is a foregone conclusion. A culture cannot survive on its own. Jesus previously summarized the law as the love of God and love of neighbor in Matthew 22. It follows then that lawlessness is essentially behavior without regard for God or concern for our neighbors. It is a behavior that basically focuses on serving one's self. Spurgeon writes, here's something to tremble at. Because iniquity shall abound, that is worse than pestilence. The love of many shall wax cold, that is worse than persecution. As all the water outside a vessel can do it no hurt until the water enters the vessel itself, so outward persecutions cannot really injure the church of God. But when the mischief oozes into the church and the love of God's people waxes cold, ah, then the bark is in sore distress. And basically what Spurgeon is saying, once this penetrates the church, once this coldness comes into the church, that's when the boat sinks, or that's when the church really becomes troubled. It's 
something we'll continue to address as we go on. You know, America, the world has always been lawless, all these communist nations, all these reprobate nations, but America has never seen lawlessness. This is new to us in the last 75, 100 years, and it has really exploded in the last 20 years. And so this is what we're facing today. Because of lawlessness, our love is growing cold. The church does not know the love of God anymore. We can't demonstrate it to the world. You know, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin, but because the church is not practicing that love, there's no restraint on sin, and sin is just going crazy in our world. Lord, I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you for an audience that has a hunger for truth. I thank you, Father God, that the entrance of your Word gives light. I thank you that you're turning on little lights in the people's hearts, Father God, in their spirits, Father God. I thank you that the candle of the Lord is the spirit of man. I thank you, Father God, that you are setting us free from any deceptions, any false prophets that are taking us away from the word of God that are causing us to go down a different path. I thank you for your grace and your mercy to us in the church. I love you. I trust your word. I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.